Apartments.com believes a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because you just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome back to another episode of our Kardashian bonus show. Hey, Jewel. Hey, kid. How you doing over there? Two rooms over. I am doing good. (laughs) Okay, before we even start, let me just really set the scene for you guys as to what's going on here because... As most of you know, or if you don't know, please know this because this is by no means a regular episode. Technically, Julie and I are off this week. We're on vacation together, actually, at our Airbnb, but we just felt like there was no way that the finale was going to come out, and we didn't want to come on for at least just 20, 30 minutes just to kind of talk about it with you guys. So if by some stretch of the imagination, this is the first episode of ours you're ever listening to. Please know this is not how it normally goes. This is going to be a lot more off the cuff. We don't really have much written down. Julie didn't transcribe it. We're just <laughs> on vacation, but we're like, we have to do this a little bit. So full disclosure, this is a little bit more of a makeshift episode, fair to say? Yes, I appreciate the the setting that you have put in place here. <laughs> we we There's no other option. It was incredibly important to do so. Yeah, we don't have any of our equipment, so that's why we're in literally separate rooms. She's three rooms down from me, but we have the landscapers going outside. There's a little bit of construction, but it is what it is. What are we going to do, right? Yeah, just bear with us. (laughs) (laughs) So we just watched the episode, and I should say that on Monday's episode and then next Thursday, which is going to be part one of this Andy reunion, which looks amazing, we'll really get into it deep. There's a lot of like Kardashian-related things to talk about. There's a lot of Travis and Courtney rumors. There's that Scott Amelia stuff. But this, we just want to focus on the finale. And the way that we kind of did it is instead of doing it scene by scene, we basically have the four main categories we want to talk about. And the first is just all things Courtney and Scott. How did you feel? A loaded question. The Courtney and Scott element of it, I feel like personally I had come to terms with it before the show came to terms with it almost. Like I guess because of seeing Courtney and Travis, I was able to say like, okay, I know that the ideal I have for the show ending in terms of Courtney and Scott is just not going to happen. So it made it easier to watch that kind of take place. But in terms of just the way a show plays out, it very much felt like you had this building all season to this one moment where they're then both sitting there and they kind of are like, yeah, I guess this is never going to work. Right. I mean, there's like a couple of different elements here because I think the first thing to discuss is just the continuation of her conversation with Kim and Chloe because it seemed like this week they kind of got it more. Remember how last week we were saying 
Kim randomly got almost kind of combative and a little bit aggressive with her. And we were a little bit confused where that came from. And then now in this one, they seem to soften. They seem to understand it more. And like, even for Courtney to say to them, almost give them a tool to say, you can put it back on Scott. And we then see that echoed again in her conversation with him. You know, you see that in combination with the preview for this next episode where it does seem to have something to do with sobriety, no? It would appear that way. I mean, when they're talking to Andy in that clip and she kind of says that the relationship didn't work out in the beginning because of sobriety and he says, I was pretty reckless. To me, they're talking about when they broke up the first time or when they broke up, you know, kind of permanently. And that had a lot to do with the sobriety, no question. The way they were talking during the episode made it seem like that was still kind of something on the table and nothing they said was so direct. It was just when they're saying like, I've asked him to do something and consistently for an entire year so far, he hasn't been able to do that. I don't know what that necessarily could point to other than sobriety or maybe. Yeah. There's nothing else I can think of because even if it was like different girls he was dating or sleeping with, you know, Courtney obviously doesn't have a right to him to not do that for a full year. I I can't think of what else it would be. I mean, if, I'm sure there's other things there and I'm sure there could be other things. But to me, that's what it's really pointing at the most. Yeah, that seemed to be the, the general vibe, which again, we can't say for sure, but it was a little bit more out in the open. And I guess just the whole tone of their conversation when you look at this as compared to a few weeks ago when they're at the Malibu house and Courtney definitely felt a little bit cornered. It seemed like Scott kind of got it more. And he said to her, like, listen, I like when your siblings are on board. Obviously that makes me feel good, but it seemed in a weird way, because it's almost sad that they ended up on the same page kind of, because I feel like even when they're not necessarily on the same page, it still signals this like intense wanting it to work or like fighting for it on his behalf in a way. But there was a little bit more of an acceptance as to where they're at, which I don't think we have seen from his end. Yeah, I did. It very much seemed like that, like he got the message. And I guess one could say, you know, it's hard to speculate about that because if the problems we're looking at are sobriety issues, then I guess one could take the position of like Scott came to terms with it because he knew he himself couldn't change or was unwilling to, which is also seems kind of dark and deep for the episode. But in the moment when they were having this conversation, the two of them kind of laying in bed together, like very platonically laying in bed. Um, it seemed like a very like peaceful, calm understanding that they both came to in that moment, especially for Scott, who's kind of spent the entire season being really upset about this, being really confused about it, saying, I don't know what else I'm supposed to do. You gave me all these things and I I did all of them and I don't know what you're still asking me. For him to then be sitting here being like, yeah, I, I know you asked that of me and like, I, I can't do it and I guess we'll just never be together and that's okay too. Right. Like in a weird way from a production standpoint, it actually worked out really well. And then of course, like I said, we're seeing that with the commercials of the previews of this reunion. And I do think we're going to get more. I mean, Think about it like this. We're ending off with this conversation and we're then directly moving into Scott with his bleach blonde hair and Andy Cohen looking him dead in the eye and saying, to Travis and Courtney, have your blessing. Like, we just made that jump here and no, it wasn't filmed, but we're about to see the aftermath of it. And so it just 
makes this ending point even a little bit more substantial than it seems in this moment. Oh, absolutely. And this is a hundred percent what we've been waiting for. I, I do have very high hopes for this reunion. I do too. And you know what? I'm really glad to hear you kind of say that and just like keep your hopes high. And if you're disappointed, you're disappointed because we've heard from everybody that it does live up to the hype, the people that kind of know. And second of all, I want to be excited. It's make it's making the ending of this kind of feel a little bit less for whatever reason. Yeah, well, it is because it's like the show's ending, but then you have two really big things to look forward to that while the show ended with kind of this nice, neat bow of them all putting their things in the time capsule and it's really beautiful and they're so happy they did this and it comes to an ending. Like the reunion is less about the show and more about like, okay, where are you now since the last time we saw you? And that what I that's what I think is the really good stuff, the meat of the show, the meat of what you want to know. So to be able to get that, it's like the entire show, all of the information you wanted wrapped up and directly asked. And what more could you ask for than that? Absolutely nothing, especially since we have kind of led the committee on the anti-fillers. Yes. Okay. In terms of other things that we really want answers about, and we got way more of than personally I was anticipating, the conversation between Kim and Chris was, for me, the high point of the episode. Yeah, I thought so as well. I mean, you really, well, I have a few things because we got a lot of messages from people saying like, wow, your guys' assessment of Kim from last episode was really spot on. And I, watching this, I kind of felt it was just because it kind of, to me, was this overall sentiment of like, this just is not the life that I want to have. And I know that I can be different. And I was coasting for a really long time. And she kind of spoke about how after her 40th birthday, it was almost like this wake up call, which I haven't turned 40, but I've definitely heard that from other people that, and I think it can be with multiple decades, but apparently there can be something about 40 when you kind of just really settle into what do I want to happen in my life? And am I going in the direction? And I guess it just seemed like she was really hit with the sense of clarity that is obviously going to be very transformational. Yeah, I think it was a combination of the 40th, but also definitely COVID and Corona and lockdown because, you know, obviously so many people have been through this kind of like self-reflection period where there's so many people have said, like, if you didn't do at least a little bit of self-reflecting during COVID, like it was it was wasted time for you because you like you really had to sit alone with yourself and really had to kind of analyze the position you were in. And I think for Kim, and she makes a comment about this where she's saying, I thought I wanted this like extravagant lifestyle that I had with Kanye. And I really, she's like, I realized that it's the little things that I'm really chasing. And I think that realization had to have come from COVID where it's like, you know, you constantly, especially for Kim, seeing all of these people in her life that are traveling and doing all of these amazing things and Obviously, when she's doing those things with Kanye in regular time, she's surrounded by other people doing it, too. And I think during COVID, when everyone was like, wow, what an amazing time for us to all just chill, like be with our kids and do really simple things and watch movies and hang out and not have to do any of these ridiculous, extravagant things. For Kim, it was like, I don't even know what my relationship looks like without that. And I'm now realizing that it doesn't exist. If we can't do all of those crazy things, 
we also can't just sit and be with each other. Yeah. And the sitting and being with each other is, I would say, probably objectively the most important thing. And I thought it was interesting when she was even comparing it to, you know, Tristan and Chloe and something as simple as that morning workout routine. And just she very clearly acknowledged, which, by the way, we spoke about last week, you know, obviously one of Kanye's love languages is gift giving and he does it in a very extravagant over the top way. Also, yes, I hear that construction. We just have to fucking go with it, right? Like, what are we going to do? I, I, I don't, don't know. know what what hear it I'm so stressed about it. <laughs> honestly don't stress about it the way that I feel is like we are literally doing the best we can and it's okay (laughs) just keep this in it's okay I want this to be as real as possible um you know like we know that one of his love languages is intensive gift giving and she made a comment of like I know I will never experience some of those things in the way that I experienced it with him and that's okay and kind of like you know I don't know. I guess to me, it was like an acknowledgement of there are definitely aspects about him that are far and above superior to anybody else I will come in contact with. However, that is no longer the most important to me. And I just feel like, especially if you're Kim, it's a really hard thing to kind of come to terms with. And I guess I was just so glad that she did. Yeah, me too. Definitely. I mean, listen, let's just, let's just, you know, address the elephant of the room here, which is if you're spending your days with Chloe and Tristan and being like, God, I wish my relationship was what Chloe and Tristan have. Like your relationship itself is probably kind of hanging on by a thread. Well, yeah, but it wasn't, it wasn't even so much necessarily about their interactions as much as it was just like the normalcy of it. Like, no, of course. But if you're going to look at Chloe and Tristan and knowing the whole picture, not just like the COVID workout thing, but like look at Chloe and Tristan and be like, wow, my relationship is so doomed that I'm looking at you guys with envy. Well, yes, of course. I obviously understand the irony and almost the humor in that. But like, I'm willing to remove that, like take away Tristan for a second. And I think she's just, you know, honestly, if you look at the rest of the siblings, because at this time we don't know what was going on with Courtney and Travis, they presumably were not together. There's not one other sibling that's in a stable, committed relationship, right? Look at everybody else that she's surrounded by in her immediate family, with the exception of Chris and Corey. And so I think in her little quarantine bubble, Tristan and Chloe are the first couple that she's seen with that level of consistency and normalcy. And especially in the time of quarantine, it's like, that is what I want the role for my partner to be for me. And like Connie is just unwilling or incapable of that. And, you know, it's like, it brings up a good question. I don't know if this is like a stupid thing to wonder about, but would this have happened at all? Or would this have happened when it did, if it wasn't for COVID, if it wasn't for, you know, the quarantine situation? Um, I don't know. Maybe possibly because a lot of the stuff that happened with Kanye happened regardless of COVID. And it was kind of like all of this stuff is happening with him, not COVID related. And I think eventually she would have had to hit the point, maybe not right now, but she would have had to hit the point where she says like, I, I just can't do it anymore. And I know a lot of like what she says on the show is very much saying it's about the distance or the traveling or not being together or not having that stable, normal relationship that she craves. But there is a whole element here that isn't really being discussed on the show, which is like how much can Kim put up with when it's not even worth it on the other end? 
Yeah. And the one thing that she also didn't really speak about, and again, I don't fully know exactly timeline wise, but was not only their relationship together, obviously his relationship with the media or a lot of the claims that he was making and things like that. And I don't know if that's something she was willing to really talk about. I think she feels, um, I guess the best way I can put it is that I think she feels it's more safe or it's okay if she's speaking only about something that is directly happening to her. But you're right. A huge undiscussed element is just kind of like his relationship with the world and with the public and then how that weighs on her. Right. And it was very, and again, I I have to assume it was out of respect thing. I have to assume that it was one day my kids are going to watch this show and I want them to, whatever story I'm telling them is the story I want them to know that I was saying to other people as well. And I get that completely. I just think for us as the public, we have a different understanding of what went down that she almost doesn't even need to say it. She doesn't. And I think she knows that by the way. Right. I really appreciated having Chris there for the scene as opposed to just Kim and her confessional, because there's just this dynamic that they have, I guess the Best way I can put it, I don't know if this is a fair way to say it or if it conveys my point, but it's kind of like out of any of the kids, Kim is the most like Chris's equal. Does that make sense to you? Yes. And so it was just a different kind of a conversation. It's very different than if she was speaking to Chloe or if she was speaking to Courtney, or even if you compare her conversation with Courtney about Scott, again, completely different content, but from last week to her conversation with Kim, it's much more like, you so have it together here. And I just want you to know that I am here for it. But I think that for Chris to see the conclusion that either Kim has come to or is coming to in therapy, she's much more of like an onlooker than she is an active participant in this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I just think she doesn't, you know, not doesn't know how to handle it, but obviously in theory wants them to be together, but also recognizes that Kim's light has been very dimmed. I think everybody has noticed it and hasn't really harped on it because it was such a touchy subject and such a hard thing to fix. And now that she's the one acknowledging something needs to change, it's almost like everybody else has permission to lean into it a little more. Yes. It almost felt like the emotion that was coming from Chris was more relief than anything else. She was obviously very emotional talking to Kim and when Kim is kind of explaining the way she feels about it, the conclusion she's come to, the therapy, like Chris gets very emotional. And I think there was a huge element of that that wasn't like, I'm sad that your marriage is ending. It was like, I'm so relieved that I can finally look forward to you being truly happy again. And that is something that was so clearly missing and that maybe the rest of us only picked up on to an extent, but Chris obviously was had very intimate knowledge and understood the way in which her daughter had changed over years and in terms of just pure happiness. So I think for Chris, there was this sense of relief of like, we're going to get back to that place for you. We're going to get back to that place for you. And also, holy shit, I'm so glad that we can finally have this conversation in a way. Right. Yeah. Because she said, you know, I've been waiting for you to call kind of thing. Obviously they talk every day. It wasn't like that, but I really believe her when she says that because it's very consistent with what everybody else says. You know, Chloe and Courtney have voiced that same thing when it comes to Kim. She's not the one that they're going to go and like confront her about her problems because she handles things so internally. Yeah, exactly. Totally. She puts a lot of pressure on herself. She really does. Like I, I think that Kim has internalized this role of 
you know, the head of the family, with the exception of Chris, the strongest, the most together, the calmest, you know, all of these qualities about her that she's right are her superpowers. I just hope, I just hope it doesn't flip a switch where it becomes almost her detriment because she feels that straying from that at all makes her weak or she loses some of that power or some of those things that make her her, you know? And not that I think that she has an issue necessarily with vulnerability, but I just, I don't know. I, I was getting concerned a little bit when she was talking that I don't want her to be so attached to the story that she is all of these things that if she momentarily strays, she feels like she's failing herself and then thus failing others. Right. I, I know exactly what you mean. Yes. So Mother's Day is coming up and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because realistically, no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. And it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen and... Every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. And then Chloe and Tristan wise, I mean, this was like the best thing that could have happened to him. Everything that he wanted kind of played out beautifully. Their time together during COVID was, I mean, truly the biggest blessing for him. And I have to assume for them because Chloe does seem incredibly, incredibly happy. She's like, I don't know. To me, Chloe seems like her old self or getting back to her old self again. And I think just this time they've been able to spend together and work on whatever they've worked on has clearly been so great for both of them. Regardless of what you think of whether or not they should even be in this place, because I know a lot of people will say, like, why are they even together? Why are they spending so much time together? Why would she allow him? I think it's all regardless of that. When you just look at them in this episode and the current season and the past couple of episodes – they seem like they're in a very good place and she personally seems like she's in a good place. Yeah. I actually got in this episode, I think it was maybe the first time when I started to see some of that like old Chloe back. And I don't know if that's because the comfort thing is really growing where she feels kind of safe to lean into it. I don't know exactly where it stems from. If it's just the time, obviously, you know, she was so captured in all of the nostalgia, but I, Agree. It almost, you know, it's like on one hand in some of the episodes when he's really trying hard and you can see that she's actively pushing back. And as we know, it's just a self-preservation tactic. We get it. Like logically we get it. It is still a little bit sad, even if you know it's a smart move because you want her to fall in deep like she has in the past. And so there was something about her allowing herself to fall or admit that she was falling that 
even if you're also scared because you don't fully trust him, you felt a little bit comforted by that glimpse of the Chloe that we've known. Exactly. And I have to say, at the very, very bare minimum, they seem like they have so much fun together. Yeah, I mean, listen, that's Kim's role model couple. (laughs) (laughs) It is funny. Make it seem like it wasn't funny. It is funny when you break it down. No, it's so funny. It's so funny. I was just, I was just like trying to understand it from where Kim was coming from. Obviously, no, it's a hilarious thing to even think about. I mean, here's the thing. Assuming that she actually decided she was back in it, there was no world in which she wasn't going to go to Boston, right? Like that is Chloe in her prime. Once she's with the guy, once she's doing it, she's really fucking doing it. So it was never about whether or not she was going to go to Boston. It was about whether or not she was going to acknowledge that they are basically together again. You know what I mean? Like in what world are they together again and she's just not going to go to Boston? That is like the biggest, I would say- most telling part about Chloe as compared to any of them. That's her whole reputation, like ride or die for my man type of thing. And I know that you could very much take that and look at it as a negative. And I know you don't mean it that way. Like I know a lot of people will say like, yeah, that's how she ended up in this situation. But Chloe's kind of ride or die for everybody. And I, I don't think it's just like a for her man situation, although that's definitely the time it shows itself the most. But I think everybody in her life, Chloe kind of has that like ride or die for you. Like no questions asked. Like you need me to do something. I'll be that person that's there for you. And you're right. Her moving to Boston was just like the exact manifestation of that and her ability to allow that to apply to Tristan again, which if she wants to have a relationship with him, an actual relationship and move past the point of what happened, then that's something she's going to need to be able to do. And she's going to need to be able to fall in full force again in order to be with him. So I was, I found her going to Boston to be strangely comforting. That's what I'm saying. Like removing any personal feelings or fears. Cause obviously we like very much like Tristan, but also we have that fear in the back of our minds. Like most people do. I, I think there was something about it that was comforting. And on top of that, I would go as far as to say that I think for Chloe, not doing that is actually a lot harder than doing it because it's so her love language. That is so, I think, when she feels the most like herself, when she's doing those types of gestures or you know, just living her life in a way that is so deeply dedicated to those closest to her. So when there's something in her, whether that's a fear of judgment, fear of perception, actual just own internal fear of potential betrayal, that's stopping her from acting in the way that she knows how to act because that's normal to her, she's going to be thrown off. So it's very layered is kind of what I'm getting at when I was watching this. It's like, I was just looking at it from a little bit of a different perspective. And it's just a very layered situation. Absolutely. It's funny. Even you know, with her moving to Boston with him and she's talking about it, she gets there and she's like, he's my best friend. I'm like, and? I know, she's still in that mode. I think she's getting there though. Like she says at at that point, she's like, and he's my best friend and I'm starting to seriously like get to the place where I'm considering a future with him. I'm like, you're there, you're in Boston. I know, She's, she's really, I think, treading lightly clearly clearly this hesitation 
doing the act that makes her feel the most at home while still voicing hesitation is clearly the match that in the moment is working for her, I feel. So it's kind of like, you know what? You do you. If you keep telling yourself that and you're still figuring it out or maybe considering a future and that's what you want to either tell yourself or tell the cameras, we're all going to pretend like that's really what's going on because clearly that's what's working for you. I'll be very interested to hear the way she describes things during the Andy reunion. Well, you saw his first question is, once Tristan cheated the first time, how do you know he wasn't going to do it again? Right. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company for every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. Last thing we just wanted to mention was kind of the Kylie of it all, just because one, I feel like we collectively all jokingly give her shit for never being there. She showed up and we did get to see some of her and Kendall's dynamic, which was such a strong point of the show for so many years and then kind of dissipated as both of their involvements lessened. And so I do love watching them in their element together. The funniest thing was them doing their secret Santa together, which I thought was just sweet again, because I really liked that focus on that relationship, even if it is so brief. But (laughs) when Kylie doesn't get the memo that they're doing $20 gifts and like Chris gets Kim cubic zirconium earrings and our Vandalay painting. And all of a sudden Kylie's like, yeah, and I got you these Hermes ashtrays. And Kendall's like, we were supposed to spend $20 and it was just supposed to be something like cute and sentimental of the show. And when Kendall's like, yeah, she just didn't follow directions. And Kylie's like, no, I just didn't know. It was so funny because that is exactly how I would have envisioned it to go down. Like she kind of just went in there, had no idea of anything that was going on. And that's what I would have thought. So I guess it was kind of comforting to hear like, yes, her lack of involvement really is as real as we all think it is. It's funny because she must have this quality about her. And again, I've never met her or been in the same room with her, but it is so funny to me that somebody like Kylie can just never be there, not show up, miss the entire first part of the episode, show up late to the vacation. And every single person is overjoyed when she walks in the room. Yeah, she must have it. Exactly. And you know something, if it works for her, that's why she keeps doing it. If it wasn't working and by working, I mean, if it was causing a serious rift within the family, it wouldn't be the case. So clearly that they've just accepted that that's how it goes. Right. It was sweet. I mean, we, you know, I'm just, 
like, obviously this was a very emotional episode and just idea of it. And I know, you know, Julie and I were watching it like in bed together, still half asleep from the night before. But I think once we see next week and we just really put this entire thing to an end, it will feel a little bit different. But I don't know, guys, this is the end of an era. We're going to have to see where this show now takes us into our podcast experience. Yeah, I have to say just personally, like podcast aside, I'm so happy that we got to watch the final episode together. I know that was kind of sweet and unintended. I know it really was. I mean, it was emotional and it it definitely is the end of an era. It definitely is like the end of something that has been such a defining part of pop culture, whether you realize it or not. This is kind of something that we always say where it's like, whether you want to consciously or you have no interest in it in the slightest, no matter what happens, you will always be there absorbing the Kardashian information and keeping up with the Kardashians. It is unavoidable. And I think this has been a show that whether you're happy about it or not has just been unavoidable for the past decade and a half, like they said. So it is strange to me that it's over. And although it's going to exist maybe in a different form and they're not going anywhere, it really is like I when they say the end of an era, I just feel that so deeply. And and we always talk about different pop culture things that come and go. And this is definitely one that has just made its permanent mark. Absolutely. And it has been so fun to cover. And I really can't wait to see how we continue to do that with these new shows. Same. <laughs> I don't know, guys. This is like a total just us coming on here because we just quickly wanted to talk about this. I know it wasn't a full episode, not in the way that we normally do it. But um, I, you know, I preach like how much do we talk about? How much do I preach about mental health and doing things and whatever? So we were on break and I want to stick to the boundaries that we set at the same time. What are we going to do? Not fucking talk about this for 30 minutes. Like this is a huge deal. Of course. <laughs> of course. So we will be back for good. Our normal episodes um, on Monday. We're going to record it on Monday morning. It'll be released Monday night, which I think is going to now be our permanent time. We'll talk more about that. Um, we love you guys so much and we missed you this week. I hope you're having a great week. And-